What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 74. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the quintessential stud muffin, Colin Moriarty. Now, that one came from a question that'll come up later in the show. That's Jacob's Cabin 108, who called you that. Of course, it's a shout out to ECW, Joel Gertner, but I want to put it in there. How are you, Colin? I'm good. Thanks. What's been going on? I haven't seen you in a long time. <sighs> just doing this and that, you know? <laughs> a little bit of this, a little bit of that? Yeah. Just hanging out and, uh, you know, just being myself. Really. Being yourself yeah, or beating be- yourself. Well, I'm beating myself once, twice a day at least. Yeah, but, yeah of but course. But I'm being myself otherwise. How's yeah. that working for you? I mean, it's gotten me this far, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Have you been to New Andronico's yet? No. New Andronico's is up and running. Yeah, how is it? I, I was too sick to go, but I had photos taken by Jen for me. She took some photos over there. It's, it's old Andronico's, except now they're pushing the Safeway card. They're saying, you know. Oh, I got my Safeway with card. The club That's special, nice. you're getting this for that. And da, 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 That's da, fantastic. Da. I have my yeah. Safeway card. Yeah. Well, you're all set then. You're ready to drop I've had in that there. Safeway card 10 years. See, I, I've had a Safeway card forever. This is, of course, Safeway, the grocery chain here in California uh, that I s- signed up for at the register and they gave me the card and then I stopped carrying the card with me. But I don't think the person who ever took down my information gave it to anybody because every time I enter in my phone, number, yeah, it works. I've so had like, that you know issue what, as well. I don't that doesn't, who cares? Really? The thing that bothers me about going to these stores is it happens to me at Walgreens all the time. Though. You want a Walgreens card? I'm like, there's no way in God's green earth I want a Walgreens card. Yeah. But then sometimes every twice, once, twice a year you need it and then they, they won't scan it. They give you a hard time. But just take the goddamn card and scan the card. The problem I have with the Walgreens yeah. card is that's the biggest fucking rigmarole. Role. It's, there's no return on investment on that. I have the Walgreens card. My number's in there. Every time I check out, I put the little number in there. Once, once in every nine months. Hey, can I buy this candy bar with the points? And they look at it like, no, you're still short. I'm like, where? What the fuck? What is the return? Every one hundred dollars, I get one point spent, and one point that equates to a dollar. It's a problem. They don't roll over. So if ever, a year, I have to use them, Kevin. Less than a year. Fuck Walgreens. Safeway had a thing for a long time where if you used your Safeway card, you get gas. Yeah, for free. That was pretty cool. Unfortunately, I don't have a car, so that was. What'd you say? Trying to get clever over there. What do you say? Something about Chevron. God, it, he looks like he's launching a nuclear submarine. Or I, I was saying you get a percentage off, so you get like ten percent off if you spend like a hundred dollars oh. per gallon. Oh. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, are you guys hot? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm yeah? really hot. But that's just me. I'm. I'm it's that's the sickness. Don't let it win. So you got really drunk this weekend and then pretended you had had food poisoning in order to cover that up? No, I was the. Why, who would I pretend that to? You guys? <laughs> I'm proud of my alcoholism. Now ordered a pizza, some wings, where? pachis. And now here's the problem too with huh. it, right? Here's uh-huh. the problem with it is that I was ready to say, "Wow, pachis fixed a lot of problems." Because we, I, you and I gave up on them a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, fuck them. The, I ordered this pizza from them, right? I feel like the prices have gone down. I really? Got a, I got a pizza. I got a deep dish pizza. They're medium sized deep dish pizza, which was so big, and the wings for like thirty bucks. That's not bad at all. And then I was like, and I ordered online, and rather than okay, it's going to take an hour and twenty minutes, like you know, two hours, like before. Yeah, you want two two and a half hours? They we'll were like, it's going to take sixty minutes. Like, they, like you go there, and it gives you time. It's like thirty minutes for uh, thin crust, sixty. And I'm like, that doesn't sound right. That's not Pachi's. Ordered it. They automatically put it into Uber Eats. I don't know if they've eliminated their 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 drivers, their delivery drivers, and instead are just saying, "Hey, sir, you have to Uber Eats with it." But the Uber Eats thing happened. They gave me the, t- the I got the guy. I'm tracking the dude. So the so one of the Uber Eats guys plopped his nuts right. I in was like, "This is going great." It was asshole, right? This is going great. Everything's gonna Who be knows? fine. Then the next day, vomiting and pooping all day long. Wow, that's terrible. I've not, I haven't. I don't know the last time I had food poisoning. It's, I, a, it's, a, bad, it it's a bad scene. I had never had it before, and Tim just had it a couple weeks ago. Food with poisoning is a bad scene. So did you tell? Did you tell them? That the, I mean, clearly it's their food. Yeah, probably. that did that yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, what else could it be? You know, you're right. You're, 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 that's right. So. Oh man, I felt. But I felt like, what am I gonna say? I got sick. I mean, I have so much to say to them. You know, like I have just a missive to mm-hmm. say to them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so t- very tired of them, 
and uh, it's good to know their prices have gone down probably because they're getting squashed out of the fucking market considering there's better pizza places and cheaper pizza. I mean, they're flanked over on Irving Street by Pascal's and Baño, which are both better. Oh, Pascal's isn't, but Baño is pretty great. At Pascal's is a good pizza. It's good, yeah, I'm not, but I don't think it's, it's better. It's cheaper. True. On a per dollar spent basis, you're sure. getting better pizza at Pascal's. You're getting better pizza at Baño. Although, to be fair, I ordered, I came home from Mexico uh, I went to uh, this was a month or so ago. I went to uh, Gio Corsi's house because Lola was there yeah. with his Boston Terriers. So yeah. He picked her up. He made a little pasta uh, Tupperware for me. Sure. Eat that in the car. In the car. Uh, uh, and then also at home. Also, I ordered a pizza. Also, I ordered mozzarella sticks from Banyo. Go in there. I order a large pizza with sausage, pepperoni and onions and mozzarella sticks. Forty five dollars from Banyo. Yes. I, I go in there. I actually start laughing. I'm like. I can afford it. This is fine. I'm not saying that. I'm not going to not walk. I'm a, are you guys for fucking real? Like, what kind of pizza was it? What, it was toppings? just a large pepperoni, sausage, and onion pizza. I'm like, you wow. guys are out of your minds. Wow. Just out of your minds. I mean, I ate the whole pizza. Treated. I ate Gio Corsi's pasta, pasta. and I ate like a 10 piece mozzarella stick. Now, did night. you take any pasta and put it on top of the pizza? No, I didn't. Because then you, you're going to have the flimsy like that? Kinda, something like that. No, because the, the see, Yeah, yeah. You got to do the whole thing. In California. It's just you can't have floppy pizza. No, you need to be able to fold it from the from the end, and then it it should. You stay. make it into like an envelope, like a. If trough. you have a problem, that's why sausage crumbles are not ideal. You have to have sausage slices. That's how you know if you're in a real good pizza place in mm-hmm. say New York. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you don't want to have too much sauce, too much cheese. You have the floppy little dick pizza, yeah. which is what I used to eat in Boston, and that shit's terrible. You, you know? ate a lot of floppy dick in Boston. <laughs> I mean, I had floppy dick left and right. It's a place called University House of Pizza in Boston. Yeah. I used to eat at. Sure. Uh, next to a famous northeastern bar called Punter's Pub, okay. which was recently sold apparently to Northeastern or some some developer for like millions of dollars, so they can knock it down and put up a new building. Nonetheless, you could like take that pizza, take a slice of it, just dip it, and and all the oil and grease just pour sure. it off. And I'm like, I mean, I was poor, so I had to eat what I had to eat. You had to, yeah. yeah. And you know, I was getting caught robbing basically the the uh, the cafeteria. Uh, every time I go in there, so what you're stuffing stuff in your pockets? I would just no, I would just take. I'd go in there with literally seven Tupperwares, mm-hmm. just sit at a table, just go order an omelet, go order a burger, go to the yeah, cereal, yeah. just put. And people are like once every few weeks, be like, well, you can't, you can't do this. Yeah, right. And I, I'd be like, well, I'm gonna. You caught me this time. I'm gonna exactly. I'll be back tomorrow. No, what we did in college was once we uh, spicy chicken sandwiches would come around uh, like once in a blue moon. They would be a big deal when these came back to the Mizzou dormant or the Mizzou cafeterias or whatever. And long after we had all left in campus housing, so we didn't have meal plans anymore. When we heard that it was happening, we would get the freshman antlers to bring us over there, and we would all go there with Ziploc bags and order chicken sandwiches until the day came home. Come back, freeze them. Fuck these people. Right? Like their endowment of billions of dollars. Fuck. I pay Northeastern's $47,000 a year. I'm taking the food. Okay? Yeah. I'm taking it. And I'm walking out of here. Now, pay you no mind that I didn't actually pay any tuition there. Sure. Don't, uh, that's beside the point. Beside but the I point. did pay for my room and board. There you go. I See? did walk out of there with $90,000 yeah. in debt as opposed to, you know, $200,000. Sure. Thanks, mom. Mom, of course, Betty worked Ann. there. Big Betty Ann. It was a whole ordeal. Yeah. Plus, I was stoned pretty much the entire time I was on. That's why you were so hungry. So that's why people believed maybe you were ordering the omelet and the burger and stuff. Like, Well, the kid's clearly high as fuck. Look at him. Looks like he just walked out of a Bob Marley concert. (laughs) Bob Marley was dead for some time by the time I went to the stream. But Uh, yes, that's true enough. It works. It works. It would be the same thing. Colin, you playing anything? We can't talk about the game we're playing. Exactly. Embargo's up the Uh, ass. But I am playing other things. Yeah. Or was before we got before this this game. game. See, the problem for me is I'm embargoed on this game. I was playing another embargoed game before this. I'm embargoed to, to Kingdom Come here. Let it be known that you cut that part out 
when I made a, a clever little joke sure. before. Yeah, it wasn't that clever. I mean, it was a pretty good joke. It was a pretty good joke. Kevin, what'd you think? Eh, all right. That was a good, that was a joke. Yeah, it was a joke. Now, no one, let the record show no one was disputing that fact. Uh, so I can't, we can't talk about that yet, but uh, otherwise I, I've been messing around a little bit. I'm like 10 hours in a Neo. I really like it. Uh, I'm very bad at it. Uh, Have you gotten wanna... better? This is the big thing Neo's people talk about. Tim's talking about this. I see people tweeting about it. They're just getting crushed by Neo. It's hard. It's a hard game. I mean, I, I see some people saying it's it's not as hard as Bloodborne Dark Souls. It is unequivocally harder than Bloodborne Dark Souls. Uh, the thing is, is that it's a, it's a Team Ninja game. You want to play it like a Ninja Gaiden game. So mm -hmm. the, it's very arcadey. So the instincts are to play it aggressively, and you just cannot play it like that. But those instincts kick in every so often where you just die for, you know, because of it's always your fault. You know what you did wrong. There's a boss on the boat in this first major area. So many hit points. I I I got to him. I died like ten times on him. You know, I was very carefully going around town exploring. I was really enjoying myself. Like probably taking way too long on this map, but leveling up my character nonetheless, finding collectibles and, and which are those little creatures that you find. You send oh, them back creatures, to your, like gremlins. Exactly. If you find like five of them, I think you get like another elixir slot or something like that. Anyway. Uh, it's really fun. I really enjoyed it. I want to get back to it. There's just no time because we're playing another game and then and then Mass Effect's really right around the corner right too. So corner. I, I, I don't know exactly when I will get back to it, but hopefully soon because it's really somewhat penetrated my mind, I I, I think, uh, and, and other parts of my body sure. as well. I think that... Uh, it's worth uh, it's worth taking a look at. It's apparently doing very well. Um, it's apparently hard to find at retail. Um, and I Lightning so Hat wrote in kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can to get your question right in the air and says, hey, Greg and Colin, I waited on buying Neo for personal reasons and to try and not buy into the whole pre-order model. And this is one of the few times that it seems to have been a mistake. I'm writing this only two days after its release, yet Amazon is telling me that the game is sold out, with shipping likely to occur in one to two months. However, this just makes me want to get my hands on a copy even more. So there you go. Nathan, having the exact same problem you're talking about. It is sold out everywhere. People have been complaining about that. A lot of stuff in there that time around. Nathan, I want to know what you think about the game, but it sounds like you like it. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I, I I like it a lot. I like the fluidity of it. You know, Bloodborne was a step in the direction that I needed to. I think Dark Souls and Demon Souls are just plotting and boring. I think Bloodborne was, uh, you know, a little faster, a little more d d dynamic in, in terms of, of combat. I really enjoyed that uh, for the 15 or so hours I played it. I wasn't very good at it. Um, I think I also restarted it once at some point. But uh the uh, the thing with Neo, I think, is that I think Sony just uh, under underestimated the demand for the game, which is strange because the PlayStation has made a home for a subsect of people that play these kinds of Souls type games. Sure. Um, so I, I think it's cool. I think people are really going to enjoy it and just buy the game digitally. Uh, if you can't buy it retail, it's really not the end of the world. Um, and uh, hopefully they'll produce more copies of it soon. Jill Sandwich wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can and says, can a game be too difficult? So Neo has been out a couple days now, and the reviews have been very positive. It's getting nines, tens, even some eights. But with so many people commending the game on its deep, engaging combat, impressive bosses, and leveling systems, there's one thing that keeps popping up in all these reviews, and is sometimes seen as a negative aspect of the game. And that is that it's incredibly hard. It, it, that is the game's incredibly hard difficulty. Now, I love a challenging game. Bloodborne is still my favorite PS4 exclusive, and Dark Souls 3 was my favorite game of last year, so I cannot wait to give Neo a shot. But even I have slightly been put off by some of the things I've read about the game. Dark Souls and Bloodborne are very difficult, but also fair, and while some bosses in Neo rely on skill, it, I've read that some bosses rely on mindless patience and luck when ease... When, 
and luck, which can easily become frustrating and actually be a detriment to the game. Uh, Colin has mentioned at World at War in the past and how he, he, he just had to give up on the game while playing on Veteran because it was ridiculous. I've been experiencing something similar with Modern Warfare Remastered and playing through on Veteran. It's a tough one. Infinite enemy spawns and grenade spamming. And while I've recently completed it, it was pretty awful due to its absurd difficulty. Now I understand a game's difficulty can be very subjective, but when a game like Neo comes out and is unanimously thought of as extremely difficult, even to a fault, at times... I just thought this question would be an interesting one to discuss. Can games be too difficult, Colin? Yeah, a game can be too difficult. I'm not sure that Neo is that game. I, I, I mean, there are harder, there are harder games than than Neo, and 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 uh, games that some of them we enjoy. I think Thousand One Spikes, wherever, is a good example of that. Some of these games that are just absurd, even Super Meat Boy, is 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 mechanically mm-hmm. harder than Neo. Um, but. Uh, the problem with Neo is that it's unbalanced. I, I think that that's that's my major issue with it, having spent a little, you know just that amount of time with it before it came out. Which was, you get you get better as you go around the map. You get more you get more uh, daring and go longer periods of time because when you when you go to the to the shrines to save your game and and to heal yourself, all the enemies respawn. So, um, and that's when you can kind of do a, a bank your bank your uh, your souls or whatever the fuck bank. they call them. In the game. Yeah, exactly. Well, weakest link reference and so there's a there's a risk reward system in the game that i think is actually really cool and it's not any different than what is really in dark souls or, or bloodborne in that respect the problem is for me is the is the ridiculous spike in difficulty when i was fighting that boss on the boat and uh, i was looking up videos because that that boss was in the alpha and the beta and so i was looking up videos and what i realized pretty much uh ubiquitously across all of the videos is that people that were fighting this boss and having success against it were way more powerful than i was and way more powerful than they should have been at that point in the game i mean i'm i'm like level 13 or 14 now i think the levels go higher than 100 in the game but i really actually was deliberately going around killing things and trying to like level my guy up in a way that i would be a little bit more overpowered and i still am not powered up enough and what i've been reading about with this first boss is that a he's harder than almost all the other bosses in the game by the time you reach him and uh that he doesn't need all this these hit points and there is an unpredictability in my in my experience fighting him where the first third of the fight is pretty easy. He has these two like morning star like ball and chain kind of things. He's like whipping around and you kill him and then eventually you snap those and he uses the ball and then for the other two thirds of the fight he runs around and throws the balls like all over the all over the place and it's, he's around. throwing balls off the right. And I just feel, I, I feel like it kind of killed my momentum and kind of killed the fun of the game for me because I was it wasn't one of those things where when I got to the boss I'm like all right I got to do this this and this to survive I'm like what how are you even supposed to survive mm-hmm. this fight like I, I and I'm sure it's possible and I'm sure people are gonna say get good and all that kind of stuff and that's fine but having gotten to that point I'm like you hit a wall it didn't seem like I feel like the progression in my experience with Dark Souls and especially with Bloodborne was way more thoughtful than the progression here but there are different games um, in the subsect of genre and it makes you wonder like how many more of these games we're possibly gonna get um, and how what, what the what the ceiling is so can a game be too hard yeah a game can be too hard but it can be too hard for different reasons World at War on Veteran was just unfair monster closets and, and unlimited spawning sure. and grenade spam are ridiculous and, 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 and lazy ways to make a game hard I don't think Neo is lazily hard I just think that that first boss probably should have been the third or fourth boss you sure know? like I, I don't really quite you're also in this confined ass area when you're fighting him and he's sure. like half of the size of the of the space so yeah, that's one of the interesting things about video games, right? Is yeah, they can be too hard, I think, and they can break you down that way. But I think there's also it's such a fine line to walk. It's, it's, you know, it's a tightrope of. I think the fights that always stand out to me as great boss fights or great moments in video games in terms of gameplay usually are overcoming something you didn't think you could overcome or not understanding how to overcome something till you did understand till it clicks and that's like the magic of games is understanding like what we're talking about okay cool what does this boss do let me learn his i'm gonna get my teeth kicked in four or five rounds but then i'm gonna understand what the fuck he's trying to do and then be able to take him down that way it's here's the problem is that it's becoming a hallmark again 
of games like they were when we were kids, you know, and some people that listen to this podcast were in during around during the NES, SNES, and some weren't. Games were almost unanimously hard, and, and games back then were pretty much unanimously harder than almost every game today. That was the hallmark of those games. That is coming back with a subsection of games today where the difficulty is everything, and, and it's it's how hard can the game be. The thing is, is that actually the the the, the genesis of the of the difficulty that we were talking about here. It doesn't start with Dark Souls or Demon Souls. It actually starts with Ninja Gaiden, and so that's it's that's the funny full circle kind of thing with Neo and Team Ninja. Is that if you remember correctly during the Xbox original Xbox era and the PS2 era, the games that were most difficult were the Ninja Gaiden games. Those games were were the and Ninja Gaiden was hard when Tecmo was making them on NES too. But I think it was Brudvig reviewing it right, and he thought he had a, the boss was broken for forty five minutes or something because he just couldn't do anything. Those games are really fucking hard. Yeah, but they're they're fair, and I assume that Neo is is the same way. I guess what I'm saying is that there's interesting little kind of dynamics between the developers and these particular games, and now this new subsection of game that Neo is going to be plugged into, even though Neo was technically in development for a really long time. Um, so I think that we'll find the game in this genre as I'm sure they're going to continue to come out, whether I, I, I mean, I think it's safe to assume we're gonna get Bloodborne too. And I, and I, and I assume that we'll get another souls type game and eventually someone's gonna hit the wall and be like, this is not fun because I think that the, the, the line between reward and fun is very thin. And I think that Bloodborne in my experience got, got that line very well. And I think Neo gets it too, with the exception of that boss fight. Cause I remember even fight, beginning of the game, I'm so bad at it. You know, and then you got better and better and better. And then I thought I was actually somewhat proficient. Yeah. Until I got to this boss. And I think the boss is just not fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it's a, and here's the thing about it, though. You, you're talking about taking time off for this embargoed game. Do you think this is going to be a similar situation to what happened with me with Catherine, where you're going to go back now and try to play it and be like, ah, I don't remember how to do anything. Maybe. But I'm so early in the game that I could probably get back to I, I could mm-hmm, restart mm-hmm. it and probably have cut out four fifths of the time I actually played around with it because I didn't know gotcha. what I was doing. Yeah. You yeah. know. Uh, I remember all the enemies. I mean, I could see that. I, I went around that map leading up to that boat fight so many times, and I could see the whole thing in my head, like where every enemy is and stuff like that. Now we'll cut down on the time significantly. Sure. Um, it's all just timing. There's also a lot of options. There's Also, I will say about Neo, the systems are just really deep and obtuse. I, I, I think the game is deeper and harder than Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Mm. I don't know how anyone could possibly dispute that, but I'm sure someone will. Read the comments below. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Uh, Double Dragon 4 I was messing around with a little bit it's fucking awful just an awful game yeah uh, beat it once through uh, Arc System Works I didn't know had any had any ideas the guys that kind of helped shepherd this forward it's made in the same style as Double Dragon and Double Dragon 2 I don't know if those games I remember those games much more fondly than this game plays so maybe those games were always bad I don't know but uh, it's just I mean I was reading reviews on it and no one likes it and uh, it's it, there's a lot of depth there's a platinum trophy in it you can beat it with all a bunch of characters I'd like to go back and maybe mess around with co-op and stuff like that maybe but bad uh, it's also cheap i literally think it's four dollars or something like that so it's not like it's a huge investment if you want to check it out if you have some nostalgia uh, itching you there i also played in a couple hours of sniper elite four hmm. um you were looking forward to that one i am it's cool yeah uh, no time so yeah. i don't have much yeah. much valuable input uh other than that i uh that i messed around with it uh just for a couple hours maybe a little more than that actually i restarted it once as well um i think that that's it i'm trying to think hard here I'm trying to think real hard sure but I think that that's it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I've been playing the embargo stuff, and if you watched the games cast since our we last did a PS I Love You live, I played a whole bunch of Vita stuff. Uh, but it's all documented over there, so I won't waste your time. You can catch on. The Wait, did you cast. play Danganronpa? I did play a little bit of Danganronpa. Yeah, just a little bit. Yep, a little bit more. You like it, it. It's, people say it's longer than that. No, I like it fine. It's it, a long it's, game. It's twenty five. It's the hours. same thing that it's just a lot of playing. It puts me to sleep. Mm. Sitting there reading it and did it. Played a lot of that spider game. That's that puzzly spider game, jumping around, making webs and stuff. Mm. That's cool. Whatever. A lot of I was playing the Vita, just jumping around to different stuff. Uh, 
Mars, the space adventure, or whatever it's called. That was fun. That was cool. And it's endless runner. It's got more to it than bit trip, uh, the, which I, I like more some physics of space and stuff. That's Again, great. I'll document it over there. That's fantastic. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is PS. I love you. XOXO. It is kind of funny.com's PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. And it posts every Tuesday, rain or shine at 9 a.m. on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe. So go share it with your friends. Subscribe to the YouTube channels. Like us on Facebook. Find Kevin Coelho and pelt him. Fucking pelt him with cupcakes over and over and over again. You like that one? Eat some cupcakes? Colin, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. Time for some singular possessive news. There are 15 items on the list. It's it's worth noting that uh, we didn't do a regular episode last week, so we haven't recorded in two Two weeks. weeks, Two weeks, yeah. But is that even true? I think it's been actually longer than that, right? Last week. We did did it on Friday, is that right? I don't know. I think regardless, it doesn't matter. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. But uh, we're going to get a copyright check. But I want to note that we um, didn't indeed, uh, or I didn't indeed go further back than as if we did do an episode last week. Gotcha. So in other words, the news does begin last week. So it's not 15 items worth of news since the last time we did the episode, because who gives a flying fuck? Number one, if you're looking to purchase a PlayStation 4 for cheap, now is the time to strike. Sony has revealed via the PlayStation blog that specific PS4 slim model bundles will be dropped in price to $249.99, but only until February 25th. <gasps> There are three bundles that are part of this limited promotion. The Uncharted 4 Thief's End 500 gigabyte PS4 Slim, the Call of Duty Infinite Warfare 500 gigabyte PS4 Slim, and the Glacier White Call of Duty Infinite Warfare 500 gigabyte PS4 Slim, which I don't think is out yet, but it might be. If interested, investigate if your preferred retailer is taking part in the promotion and keep an eye on the clock uh, because the time will run out here eventually. If you So now's a good time to strike if you're looking to pinch some pennies. I'm not sure which, which retailers are taking part. John Kohler wrote a piece on PlayStation Blog, which I'm relaying this message from. They talked a lot about Walmart and Walmart.com as pre-orders mm. for the Glacier White. I think it's way wider of a net than that, but be careful. You know, check your check your, your online little cart there if you go get it at Amazon or whatever. But I think it's probably for a lot of places. Number two. Speaking of the PS4 as a console, MPD has revealed that PlayStation 4 was January's best-selling console in the United States, putting the console back on a multi-month winning streak. Four of the top five best-selling games for January were on PS4, according to MPD, though we don't have a full monthly sales breakdown as of yet. Number three, it seems PlayStation 4 Pro is about to get a whole lot more useful to everyone, even those without the display necessary to see Pro's most important features. Eurogamer carefully broke down the upcoming boost mode feature coming to Pro in firmware update 4.5, and it seems the console will now enhance in some way just about any game run off of it. Quote, the new boost mode opens up the power of the Pro to unpatch-based PS4 titles, ellipsis. The improvements vary from the dramatic to the inconsequential, but by and large, the end result is a highly valuable feature that we think pro owners are going to love, end quote. Um, I don't have any more technical know-how than that, but but the boost mode seems to be a, a, a reason maybe for people that don't have a 4K TV to get a pro. Gamer on the weekends wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, now that the PS4 has added the new boost mode feature, is it worth the upgrade? I want to replay some games like The Witcher 3 and Fallout, but the 20 frames per second from the original PS4 don't allow me to engage as much as the first time I played them. Specifically, now that I've played like 200 hours of Overwatch and and 60 frames per second. I just got my first paycheck and I don't know if I want to upgrade or buy a Switch. Since I own a Wii U and Zelda is the only thing I want to play until Mario. Maybe the answer is... Don't spend your money on shit. Anyways, love your work. Last week's podcast has to be one of my favorite things you've ever done. Happy Valentine's, Pablo. Eh. I mean, I, I, it's 
Yeah, like the thing is, sounds like it's going to be awesome or it's not going to be. There's no guarantee on what it does to these older games, right? No, it says that, you know, they, like they said, it's inconsequential. Some, some, sometimes noticeable, but it seems to be doing things to unpatch games um, on a wide scale. My my suggestion is he said something about I'm going to get my first paycheck. You know, when you get money, you don't have to spend it. Mm-hmm. So maybe just don't spend it on anything. Save it. Yeah. Put it away. Sock Very it away. novel kind of concept to a lot of people out there. I would say, I mean, if this is something I mean, if I don't. I mean, the whole thing of like, you and I aren't the people for this one. The frame rate of Witcher took me out of the experience. Like, okay, uh, didn't for me. I understand that. Uh, it didn't for almost anyone. But, but okay. yeah, if you, I mean, see what it does for the Witcher. See what it does for Fallout. Let people get it. Get some hands-on impressions. You There's very deep impressions uh, via Digital Foundry on Eurogamer. If you want to go check that out, people are free to do that. In a similar pro vein, F. Diggity writes in with a negative. What's up, guys? I'll keep it short and bitter. I'm writing to warn potential PS4 Pro customers about some deficiencies in the platform, at least in the current state. I shelled out over 900 bucks over the holiday season to invest in a new PS4 Pro and 4K HDR TV. I gave my old TV and my PS4 to my brother. Currently, the HBO Go app on the PS4 only supports stereo audio, no 5.1. And the Netflix app on the PS4 doesn't support HDR output. Netflix does support 4K, but not HDR on PS4 Pro. I don't know if the fault is on Sony or HBO or Netflix. Probably a little bit of both. Seeing as how these deficiencies aren't present on the Xbox One S versions of these apps, I've investigated this thoroughly. I'm kind of pissed off about it. Maybe I, sh- maybe I sound like a spoiled whiny bitch, but I felt deceived when I discovered these missing features. I mean, not playing 4K Blu-rays is bad enough. I knew that going in, but this is ridiculous. Please spread the word and Shuhei, get this shit fixed. Uh, I mean, it's Sony's fault, primarily for putting on a console that was totally unnecessary. Uh, but... I'm sorry that you're having those uh, those those uh, problems. It goes. It speaks to the first question. Let's go. If you're very interested in playing one game with this patch, why don't you let everybody else play one game with this patch and then find out what they say about it? If you're buying this thing and you want to watch your HBO Go and and, and Netflix and your shocking HD's that ZR, this is be- it's shocking though, Greg, that this is becoming confusing. No one called that right. Yeah. Uh, number four. South Park, the fractured butthole, the eagerly awaited follow-up to the hit RPG South Park, the Stick of Truth, has been delayed again. Wow. Now, here is another shocking news story. The game was originally scheduled for release on December 6th of 2016, but was pushed into the first quarter of 2017 by publisher Ubisoft. Now, the publisher has revealed that it will come out at some point in the next fiscal year, nebulously pegging its date somewhere between April 1st of 2017 and March 31st of 2018. Love the kids who are saying, oh, it's coming in April. Yeah. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Best case you play this in fall, more likely you're playing it next spring. Number five, Drawn to Death, the long-in-development PS4-exclusive shooter from David Jaffe finally has a release date. Look for it on April 4th. The game, once part of Sony's free-to-play experiment gone terribly awry, will now be launched at a cost, as previously announced. It will run you $19.99 and will be available only as a digital download. We wish that game the very best of luck. It can't possibly have done any worse than Killstrain. I think this one's going to get a a small but dedicated audience. I think so, too. Number six. Grand Theft Auto V has officially surpassed the completely absurd sales number of 75 million copies, counting all copies in gamers' hands as well as games currently in store inventories. That's up 5 million copies since November of 2016. Jesus Christ. A mere three months ago. GTA V is officially the fourth best-selling game of all time, well ahead of number five on the list, Super Mario Brothers on the NES, which sold just north of 40 million copies. Wii Sports is the next game for it to pass, sitting at 82.78 million copies, with Minecraft and Tetris North of there both in the 100-plus million range. I think it's safe to assume Grand Theft Auto V will probably sputter out before it reaches Minecraft, but it will yeah. definitely pass Wii Sports. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is incredible since Wii Sports was a bundle in. Number seven, 
In, the G- in addition to GTA 5's incredible sales, Take-Two also revealed sales figures for a couple of other console games. Mafia 3, which came out last fall, is now at 5 million units shipped, which is a poor showing considering the game shipped 4.5 million units in its launch week, meaning it's only increased 500,000 units since then, so that's bad. Uh, mouth. Meanwhile, yeah, because the game's not good. Right. Meanwhile, perennial sports powerhouse NBA 2K's newest entry, NBA 2K17, Got a little typo here. Got to fix that. Fix it up, Colin. Uh, has passed 7 million units shipped, a 10% increase from NBA 2K16 at this point in the sales cycle. So that's good. Number eight, Activision and Bungie still plan on releasing Destiny's sequel, only for now referred to as Destiny 2, towards the end of 2017. In a fiscal presentation outlining its financial results, publisher Activision noted that there will be a, quote, full Destiny sequel in 2017 to broaden the franchise's global reach, which, along with follow-on content plans, sets the stage for growth, end quote. GameSpot relays word about Destiny 2, noting that Activision feels it will be both for new fans of the franchise and the diehards from the original Destiny alike. So they were talking a lot, if you read the financials, about making it more accessible. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes, Mm -hmm. how much they were able to learn and then how much they can uh, convert all their audience. And not to mention that this is the first uh, games' platform game to get a sequel you know what i mean it's you know we've seen people obviously with division rainbow six all these different mm-hmm. things but destiny was the first one on consoles to really land and make a splash and really show how to bring people back i think every few months for some giant expansion giant update but what do you make destiny 2 look like to keep everyone happy yep we'll see there was the kataka wrote a piece i didn't put it in here as an addendum jason, did, yeah, jason about how activision will own a piece of bungie if they don't deliver the game on time which uh activision has denied so we'll see Number nine, during its financial presentation, Activision also spoke quite a bit about Call of Duty, noting that it's the top console gaming franchise in the world for seven of the the last eight years and the eighth consecutive year in North America. Three of the top 10 best-selling games across both PlayStation 4 and Xbox One are Call of Duty titles. It's the most successful gaming franchise in the past two decades. Most interestingly, however, the next Call of Duty will bring the franchise back to its roots, in quotes, perhaps indicating a long-awaited return to World War II. Interestingly, Activision noted that Infinite Warfare underperformed, according to GameSpot, even though it was 2016's best-selling game. The game didn't resonate, in quotes, according to the publisher. Real quick. It mm-hmm. was Bungie that denied it, not Activision. Uh, okay, sorry. No, it's fine. Just making sure we're all clear. Well, that's, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Someone's lying or they're not. Number 10. On the... <clears throat> Oh, okay. On the back of all of this Activision news, Kotaku also reports something unfortunate. The publisher and its developers have experienced layoffs, which not only affect the core publisher, but staffing at Activision-owned studios Infinity Ward, Beanox, and others as well. Beanox! Blizzard was uh, apparently unaffected by the reported 5% layoffs elsewhere in the company. This news seems strange at first blush, considering Activision reported a record fourth quarter financial report and remains in fantastic financial health. But it's worth noting that Activision's slate is light in 2017 with only two games coming from the publisher in the calendar year. Destiny 2 and the next Call of Duty. Not two, two games that are not slouches, but nonetheless, they probably have are probably going to have a little bit of a uh, money flow problem because of that. Mm. Number 11. Sony has released a list of the best-selling games on PlayStation Network for the month of January 2017. On PS4, the top 10 best-selling games of the month digitally were in order. Ark, Resident Evil 7, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, Battlefield 1, Grand Theft Auto 5, Rocket League, Minecraft, The Order 1886, Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition, and Payday 2. The top 10 best-selling PS3 games digital for the month were in order. Devil May Cry HD Collection, Shadow of the Colossus, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, Battlefield 4, I'm sorry, Watch Dogs, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, Minecraft, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, Sniper Ghost Warrior 2, and Resident Evil Revelations. The top 10 best-selling digital Vita games for the month were in order. Mega Tag Mention Blanc plus Neptune vs. Zombies. Of course it was. Adventure Time, The Secret of the Nameless Kingdom, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, Borderlands 2, Child of Light, Tetris Ultimate, Minecraft, Adventures of Mana, Jack and Daxter Collection, and Injustice Gods Among Us. The top 10 best-selling digital PSVR games for the month were in order. 
Job Simulator, Fruit Ninja VR, I Expect You to Die, Carry Me, Batman Arkham VR, PlayStation VR Worlds, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, Lethal VR, and Here They Lie. And finally, the top 10 best-selling PlayStation classics for the month were in order. Dark Cloud 2, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Rogue Galaxy, Psychonauts, Star Wars Bounty Hunter, Bully, Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy, The Warriors, Twisted Metal Black, and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It is worth noting, Last Guardian is nowhere in the top 20 PS4 games again, and Gravity Rush 2 which was on the market for 11 days during the month, also nowhere to be found in the top mm-hmm. 20 uh, digital downloads, indicating that both games did indeed bomb. Not a huge surprise. Number 12. In a conversation with Dual Shockers, Final Fantasy 15 director Hajime Tabata noted that Final Fantasy 15 broke even in just one day on the market, indicating Square Enix is now profiting from every game sold. The game is currently in the 6 million games sold region of sales, and Tabata's words should likely be taken to mean the game's development costs were only, only were recouped and only since the game became Final Fantasy 15, as the math otherwise doesn't seem to add up very well. So what I mean by that is that the game was in development, obviously, since the mid-2000s. Uh, also, marketing costs are sometimes multiplied by two for the um, for the overall cost of the game. I don't believe for a flying fucking second that the game had broke even in a, in a day. So I don't know exactly what he's talking about, but this is what he says. So we'll take him at his word. When you say Gravity Rush 2 bombed, yes. you think... Uh I mean, what does that mean to you? Because I, I, Last Guardian, I think we can all talk about bombing, right? Like I, in terms of what's sold, what's happening, critical reception, all this different stuff. Gravity Rush Two strikes me as the kind of thing a lot of people would have bought uh, physically. Like, and I'm not, don't that was me, the excuse for the Last Guardian. Don't well. get me wrong; I'm not at all saying that this thing quietly sold four million units off on the side in, inside of a Walmart. I'm just saying, do you think that there's an audience there that did that, and that's really the case? What, and, and I guess this comes back to the same question we always have: What Sony's actual expectations? What was their outlook on this one? I don't I mean they could be happy with its performance. I don't know that I don't understand how a first party game could be not in the top 20 games downloaded like I don't buy that. I don't buy that per, specifically because that wasn't the case with Bloodborne, that wasn't the case with The Last of Us Remastered, that wasn't the case Uncharted. with Ratchet and Clank or Uncharted. These were all Any game that does really download. well for Sony show, whether it's retail is going to show up on Disney. Surely the defense force for these games will protect them in that in that respect. I'm just but, devil's advocate to get it out now so we don't have to fight in the comments. I don't believe it for a second. Like I think the game clearly bombed, which everyone predicted. Yes. I'm not happy to see that happen, but I mean, that was a pretty good outcome. I had talked uh, with a friend of ours, uh, Rami Ismail, on uh, Twitter uh, publicly about he was saying something about Gravity Rush 2. And I was like, I still believe that if they just made that a Vita game and said, like, this is the last Vita game, like the last AAA Vita game, I bet you it would have sold better on Vita mm-hmm. than it would than, than mm-hmm. on PS4. In fact, I don't know that I, I, I don't know that you could possibly even really dispute that if they really put their money where their mouth was with that game and really like push it and be like, this is it, this is it, this is it. I mean, it didn't seem to do very well on PS4. Yeah. You know, they're never going to say that, though. <clears throat> Just one day, they'll quietly sunset the Vita. They're never going to say this is the last thing you're going to get from it. That's true. Number 13. It sounds like Bioware is learning from what CD Projekt Red did with The Witcher 3 when it comes to Mass Effect Andromeda. Dual Shockers relays word from Fabrice Com- uh, Cataminas, the game's producer, who notes, quote, We are approaching the completionist aspect uh, very differently because we've done and learned a lot from Inquisition. When I talk about Dragon Age, we've also observed what other games have been doing, like The Witcher, Ellipsis. And it was very important for us that the quantity of scope doesn't downgrade the quality of whatever you're doing there. And, and quote, in other words, unlike Dragon Age Inquisition, which was notorious in some corners for its terrible side quests, less will be more in Mass, Address- Mass Effect Andromeda, which is cool. Nice. Number 14. Neo is finally out and people seem to be eating it up. It's getting great reviews and it's apparently hard to find at retail, indicating Sony has a hot ticket on their hands. However, some players may notice that the final game lacks something that the final demo slash beta had, a ubiquitous co-op. It was removed from the final game, however, as some players were hoping to play through the entire experience with someone else. 
Tom Lee, developer and Team Ninja's creative director, told Kotaku the following, quote, You cannot co-op through the entire game because that would make it too easy for the players to beat the game. We want players to experience Neo how it was intended to be. We allowed players to co-op any time in the last trial demo only because of the limited stages and time to try out the demo, end quote. Mm-hmm. And number 15, final wrap-up. Co-op-centric shoot-em-up Riftstar Raiders is coming to PS4 at some point in the future. Fantasy RPG Greedfall is coming to PlayStation 4 at some point in 2018. Puyo Puyo Tetris is finally getting its long-awaited Western release. As its leaked trophies indicated some time ago, it will be available for PS4 on April 25th in North America and April 28th in Europe, and it will cost $30. It's also on the Switch. Street Fighter V has a new character, Colin or Collins, with a K, though. Uh, she will be released on February 28th. Activision has revealed that Skylanders will not get a new console game in 2017 calendar year. And finally, Telltale Games has revealed that Episode 3 of The Walking Dead, the game, Season 3, will be coming sometime in March, though there's no firm release date apart from that. The episode will be titled Above the Law. Meanwhile, a physical version of the season is coming on February 28th in North America and March 3rd in Europe. Colin, really quick. Mm-hmm. Will you repeat the Telltale news for Waffles, who's listening at home? And finally, Telltale Games has revealed that Episode 3 of The Walking Dead, the game, Season 3, will be coming sometime in March, though there's no firm release date apart from that. The episode will be titled Above the Law. Meanwhile, a physical version of the season is coming on February 28th in North America and March 3rd in Europe. There you go. Thank you very much. Waffles wrote in asking when it was coming, and I wasn't, I couldn't figure out if it was before or after this actually got announced. Mm. He said he listens to the morning show every day, mm. pays attention to what we do, just missed it. So I want to make sure we're very clear, and that Waffles, spelled all funny-like, not like Waffle Waffles understood what was going waffle on house because i don't want ooh, waffle house i love waffle house yeah we yeah it's good it is good i'll agree with you on that one cheap want you smothered want you covered like my waffle house shadow browns mm. give it to me you and me colin colin mm. you know i can't wait for riff state raiders or whatever the fuck it was called <laughs> but what i really want to know star. is what's in mom grop shops right now uh well, we can just read them. You didn't ask me where I go, so I'm I just going to go ahead and read them. Cool. Uh, Battle Islands Commanders comes to PS4 Digital. Dominate the Battlefield from the creators of the popular World War II strategy game Battle Islands comes an explosive head-to-head combat game. Take part in major World War II battles in Battle Island Commanders from the sandy dunes of North Africa to the bitter cold of the Eastern Front. Okay. Why not? Bridge Constructor comes to Vita Digital Cross-Buy. It's already available on PS4, I believe. Become an appraised bridge engineer and architect and bridge constructor. Create and design your own constructions and watch the cars and trucks pass over them or see them fall and crash while your inferior creations collapse due to weight and the laws of physics. Your budget is the only limit. I've played it on PS4. I played it. And I was like, well, this is much better as a Vita game, I bet. And now I'll play it on Vita. FlyWrench comes to PS4 Digital. FlyWrench is a frenetic action game from the makers of Nidhogg about piloting an acrobatic ship through the depths of space. Okay. For Honor comes to PS4 Digital and Retail. Uh. Enter the chaos of war as a bold knight, brutal Viking, or deadly samurai, three of the greatest warriors of legend. In For Honor, wield your blade like never before with the innovative art of balance combat system that puts you in total control of your warrior. We had done two streams for this uh, through Get Fandom and stuff, and it was one of those that this is the reason uh, we took it, I think, above all, was the fact that so many kids had reached out to us saying, hey, you guys should play this. It seems like you might actually be a multiplayer game you like. And I said, bullshit, but I w- I'll give you a shot. When I played it, I was blown away by how much fun I have in it. And now, I granted, I'm talking about the 1v1 mode, capture the flag, point, 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 whatever. That's, I didn't like that at all. I thought that was whatever. That's just generic. But when I sat down, especially on this last stream, and played with one-on-one versus the best friends, it was actually really fun. I really liked Forano. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to pass on it, but I'm sure a lot of people are going to like it. IO comes to PS4 and Vita digital cross-buy. IO is a physical, or I'm sorry, a physics platformer in which you control a ball. By growing or shrinking the ball, you can influence its speed and weight. Use these mechanics to gain momentum and make your way through the levels. Toy with the laws of physics, solve the puzzles, and reach the exit as quickly as possible. Oh, okay. Monster Loves You comes to PS4 digital. 
Live the life of a monster from birth in the slime vats to elderhood and beyond, making decisions that affect the world of monsters and humans in this storybook adventure. All right. MX Nitro comes to PS4 Digital. Adrenaline overload, breakneck speeds. Welcome to MX Nitro, a world of thrill ride motocross racing. Risk bone-breaking stunts to get the Nitro you need to win. Ride fast and high. Rack up death-defying trick combos. Grab your bike and nail its controls. You're on a journey through tons of tracks and breathtaking locations. Jesus, I don't. That's like some fucking. That's like some stream of consciousness shit yeah, right, right there. Holy Christ! Ride two comes to PS4 Digital and retail. Discover, transform, and test out the fastest and most iconic motorbikes in the world's largest digital garage. More than 170 bikes, new models, and categories. Collect them all. Travel around the world in an unforgettable and extraordinary sequence of events. It's motorcycles. <laughs> Who's writing this shit? Semispheres comes to PS4 Digital. Semispheres is a unique 2D puzzle game that places dual realities at the heart of its challenge. Each analog stick controls a different avatar in dual interconnected environments. Using portals and other abilities to avoid sentries, devise and execute your plan, reuniting the parallel worlds of semispheres. Okay. Skyride comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. It's out the 15th. It's almost like there's too many this games on the PSN. I know, right? No, guys, that's not a problem. An action game in which a player will ride on a high-speed bike and defeat a large group of approaching enemies. The player will fly over the ground in the sky in various fields and fight utilizing four weapons. Four weapons is four. Oh, that's, about as, that's about as many copies as that game is going to sell. No! Thank, God, thank God it's on PlayStation Network. Sniper Elite 4 comes to PS4 Digital and Retail. Discover unrivaled freedom in the largest and most advanced World War II shooter ever built. Experience tactical third-person combat, gameplay choice, and epic long shots across gigantic levels as you liberate wartime Italy from the grip of fascism. Fuck fascism. Fascism's capitalized here. I don't know why. I'm trying to cover that, but they want to be respectful of the fascists. They're just one of the n- other people that draw around the world fascism having no idea what it actually means. Starry Night's Helix comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. It's out the 16th. That is Thursday. The retro-style side-scrolling shooter with a vivid storyline depicts the stories of four fully realized protagonists. Oh, good. They're f- fully realized? Does anyone care? Why even make the game if you can't fucking sell it? Colin, let's, let's take a pause real quick, all right? Instead, we're going to jump over to kindoffunny.com. Before we read the rest of the games that no one's going to play? Where we jump over to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, where Hestefessen, I want to say, says, this is more of a suggestion than a question. So, I'm not sure if I'm right in the right place. You were. We all know that the PS Store is littered with shit. So how about a weekly shout-out to a lesser-known game that actually smells good among the huge piles of poo? My suggestion would be Shoe, a nice platformer where your powers are tied to different characters that, uh, that follow you around in different levels-slash-worlds. It's a bit like Rayman Origins or Legends. Shoe is good. Shoe is an indie game that came out that did its thing. That I've played, and I'm. We waiting. already have a segment. I want, I want the Vita version. This isn't forgotten though. This is just over. This is buried in yes, shit. Shoe the, is forgotten. This is the buried in shit version. <laughs> I don't. Was it ever remembered? No. The, Speaking of the, sh- the forgotten PSN game, is a game that came out that we played and enjoyed, and then just don't. No one ever talks about it. Like Horde. Like Horde. Uh. Speaking of Shoe, Shuhei Yoshida, listener of the show, obviously. Mm-hmm. Happy belated birthday. Happy belated birthday. Toy Odyssey, The Lost and Found, comes to PS4 Digital. Toy Odyssey is a Metroidvania-style action platformer that takes you back to a world made from the nightmare of your childhood. <laughs> Great. Join Bran, an action figure, come to life in his fight against the darkness to save his owner, Felix. Nightmares are only the start of his troubles. Mm. And finally, Vertical Drop Heroes HD comes to PS4 and Vita. Digital cross-buy. Vertical Drop Heroes is a procedural platformer RPG hybrid with roguelike elements. Where you hear where your hero adventures through randomly generated stages. Armed with a variety of skills and traits, you must use your cunning and reflexes to survive the dangers of each stage until you face the final boss and uncover the truth behind the game. I am so sick of roguelike. 
anything. Enough. See, here's the thing: is I'm sick of Rogue. Jesus. But I'm only. But I'm not because nobody's getting as good as Rogue Legacy. No. Maybe this one will be closer to Rogue Legacy, and I will be able to enjoy it because I remember seeing. I remember seeing the trailer for this or whatever back in the day, and I was like, oh, this game looks cool. Everybody else keeps fucking up. It's just easy to make a roguelike that everybody wants to play. Just copy Rogue Legacy. Not enough people doing that. Maybe this game's close, Colin. I would count on it. <clears throat> but I can pray. You can pray. I can pray. Colin, mm-hmm. topic of the show. Tots, 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 tots. Colin, the topic of the show is simple. PSN trophies are broken. I have two males, as they call them. Is this kind about of funny. the thing that's coming out? That's Dot com slash PSQ. What now? Is this about the thing that's coming out that someone tweeted me? Not that I know. Okay, go on. Uh, These are two instances of how fucked up everything is right now in trophies. Right, you ready? First, we'll start with Ice27. Ice27 says, Hello, Colin and Greg. In today's trophy time, we're not doing it then, I would like to give a shout out to a dev for not including a platinum trophy. But wait, let me explain before Lola comes to break down my door with the secret police. I love Hitman. And it plays a similar role in my gaming history as Metal Gear Solid does in Greg's gaming history. I was a bit hesitant when Hitman was announced to be episodic coming out into 2016. Then, when I purchased the intro pack, I got hit with every PlayStation gamer's nightmare. No fucking platinum. I naively hoped that for a patch in the platinum, uh, to, to patch, patch in the platinum later on. I even chimed in on Colin and Greg Live, RIP, to which my boy Colin M basically told me I was fucked. I decided to dig a bit, and I found other situations where an episodic game was later released on disc and included a platinum. Distraught, I told myself I would still grind out the 100% and have to forever see the devastating check mark on PSN profiles as opposed to the true platinum glory. Fast forward to two weeks ago when Hitman gets a disc release and does not include a platinum. Thank you, IO Interactive and Square, for not insulting your earlier adopters. Thank you for understanding that this would have been a punch in the old nutsack to those of us who care about trophies and would have never had the plat. And thank you, gentlemen, for being the best PlayStation podcast in the biz, Eric. No, Eric, don't thank them for this. This and, and it's not even. I don't mind you thanking Square. Square did fine by you. It's PlayStation. You got We got to get on about this because once again. What the fuck is going on? This is we've talked about it before, Colin. That clearly over at PlayStation there is no trophy team. We'd be willing to staff it. We'd be willing to do things with it. We'd be willing to consult on games, let alone with PlayStation in general. But I don't understand where the disconnect is anymore. I and I think I've talked to enough people on and off the record about trophies that I think is just all bad information over there. It all depends person by person who you're talking to at PlayStation and the fact that there are rules but they aren't hard rules. The fact that The Walking Dead Season 1 has a platinum, Walking Dead Season 2 does not, Walking Dead Season 3 does. The fact that, and then you talk to people over there and like, well, this is what PlayStation said, and blah, blah, blah. like, no, no, no. Clearly, episodic games, Walking Dead can have a, a platinum. Who are you talking to the second time that says Season 2 can't, and who are you talking to the third time that says it can? What is happening here with Hitman, where no one can figure that out when it's doing that? Life is Strange is episodic. It has a platinum trophy. Episodic isn't an excuse. It's a lazy excuse. It's an excuse that doesn't seem written down. Now, jumping into the next one that pulls, off, pulls together all of this of how the trophies are fucking broken, Just 10 Incorporated wrote in kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, first off, a huge thank you for all you do. Call and relax. This one's for Greg. Back to Greg. Greg, almost two years ago, Lego Dimensions was announced. Being an older gamer, I didn't think much of it until you championed it. Hundreds of dollars and hours later, I'm glad I jumped in. However, I have an issue I think Greg can address as the undisputed Lego Dimensions PlayStation ambassador. How is it? that there are level and story packs that only get three bronze trophies. Other LEGO games with DLC, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Batman 3, and Greg's VO debut in Avengers had 
five bronze trophies per DLC, and we're only and we're only a few dollars each. Lego Dimension Stories packs are as much as a full game, both in price and content, and the level packs half of so with only three. Greg, please wave the flag for Lego Dimensions and Trophy Silic time. I don't know what he's trying to say. And see, get TT Games to fix this injustice again, ladies and gentlemen, sir. I'm talking to you, Just Ten Inc. It's not TT Games that needs to fix the problem. It's PlayStation. Uh, the reason being here is the fact that why is Lego Dimensions doing this? This is my speculation, not any inside information I have with TT Games. I imagine the fact that they continue on to support Lego Dimensions as a platform. As they said, your portal is going to be good for three years, not just or two years after release, but three total. Um, is the fact that that's their life cycle before they ever think about putting out Lego Dimensions 2. They're going to keep putting out the story packs. They're going to keep putting out this stuff. And I don't, it's not well publicized, but there is a trophy limit for how many trophies you can have on a given title. This is something that uh, Pinball FX ran into. They put it out back in the PS3 era of like, hey, we're going to keep putting, we're putting out DLC pack like 17 now, but uh, no, no more trophies in them because we can't do that. Sony says we can't. And then I'm pretty sure I couldn't find this before the show. I could have sworn the reason I was thinking the Pinball FX thing was because Zen Pinball, the the people not like Star Wars Pinball and all that jazz, had put out a statement recently saying the exact same thing that like, hey, we're about to hit the trophy cap, so we're not going to be able to do this anymore. I don't understand the disconnect over there. I don't. It's it's almost like they have these rules, but they set them up and then never investigated if that was a good one again. The fact that you have games like Lego Dimensions, like these pinball games that are giving you so much DLC that now you're tying their hands behind their back and not allowing them to do this. They're keeping people coming. They're keeping people buying this DLC. They're keeping people engaged in this community. And now you're going to fuck them over by not giving them trophies by making it that Lego Dimensions can only put three bronze trophies in there. Never a silver, nothing cool in there. When you see there, you know, one of the things he put out up or somebody else did it, or it was the fact that like Batman Arkham Knight and they had all these silvers and all that. Well, yeah, but it's like Arkham Knight knows how much further they have to go. They can spend all their points willy nilly, however they see fit. Yeah, I think, well, the first thing that I want to say, I, I don't know if, was, is this? Um, is this the letter? No, this is the wrong one. Is this the, Which one do you want? Oh, okay, here it is. It's the one about Hitman. This guy, Ice27, says, uh, I decided to dig a bit, and I found that in other situations where an episodic game was released on disc, it included a platinum. Uh, as far as I know, that's never actually happened. So I, I'd be curious what your evidence is. I've never heard of a platinum trophy ever being uh, patched into a game or in or put into a game after it has already come out. This was the one platinum, of our hopes for, like, I think, Walking Dead. At right, exactly, because the platinum, I don't think it's possible. And I, I think, so I think that the IO Interactive guys probably would have actually loved to put a platinum, and they probably are not allowed to. Uh, so because that's a, of the one person they talked to that I'm sure and this will get to a right, question but what later. I'm saying is that I don't think once the game's in the wild I don't think you can go back and fuck with it yeah. like there are trophies with like spelling errors in them and like all sorts of things and they're, they're like that forever I think that what I'm saying is that I'd be interested the, the burden of evidence is on him I'd like to see a, a, the evidence of an episodic release on a disc that had a platinum trophy on the disc but not had a platinum trophy as a combined that's package digital. because I don't think that that game exists I, yeah. I, so I'm gonna call bullshit on that but I but I could be wrong the that said uh I think the bigger problem here with the the trophy ecosystem is just like you said, someone is asleep at the. I mean, there are clearly lots of people at Sony asleep at the Switch. Look at the PlayStation Network and look at the PlayStation Store and look at all these games coming out. I mean, that's not uh, it's not just the trophies. It's like there's lots of people, lots of Switches that are asleep. Okay, uh, but certainly someone's asleep at the Switch. With, the with the problem with trophies, I would guarantee, is the fact that there is no trophies are. There is no somebody at the top of the trophy command. I bet that IO Interactive is dealing with 
PlayStation Europe. They're talking to PlayStation whoever are there, and that person's saying something completely different than what whoever somebody in PlayStation America is saying to Telltale about The Walking Dead. I'm sure because I'm sure what happened with that is Walking Dead season one comes out, it has a platinum grade. They go to submit the next time around, they're like, you can't have a platinum. Telltale goes, okay, no big deal. Telltale sees their re- the response from their fans, goes, holy fucking shit, what the hell happened? Talks to them about, actually has a conversation with it. Figure the, the, the thing with Telltale is so n- nonsensical because it's because season one had a platinum at that point I would have been like well guys we had a platinum season one so what has changed exactly I'm sure no one even had that conversation because again developers do not understand the importance of these things and it's it's so silly and frustrating to watch this stuff happen over and over and over again it's like why isn't anyone better at communicating this to the developers and why don't the developers care more or know more about the people that are playing their games it's a little strange um, from all angles it's just very strange but uh I mean, so it's the same thing we talk about with like, how is PSN so broken? How can we still not change our names? How can like all it's like, what the fuck is going on over there mm. with some of this shit? You know, for God's sake, like get it together. The PSN's t- t- over 10 years old. Trophies are, are approaching its ninth birthday. You guys should have some sort of formula in place. There where should be a, rule, be a, a Bible. There should be ridiculous. a trophy Bible. It's you know what I mean? Sorry. Even if you don't want a czar, fine. Like a but toss out a Bible. Well, well yeah, but it's just it's funny like that. It's coming up and now we're hitting this thing of where it's going i think the lego dimensions is a great one especially with the context of pinball and people being like well yeah fuck we, we're out of room we can't do anymore well for all the major things sony gets right and they've gotten a lot right with ps4 no doubt about it. it's a great console great games on it it's just amazing how they just get the same things wrong over and over again like they, they get all these things right blah 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 everything's right everything's good but then we go back and it's like the same problems from five years ago are still problems it's mm. like is anyone at all caring about this you know the big the, the still the big thing is like name changing it's like I've again heard rumors that it's soon. I don't know who fucking knows at this point. I've heard that rumor for years, you know, but how is that not? How is that not taken care of? Are you guys kidding? You know, like how much money you're leaving on the table, first of all, and like how important this is to your audience and why put that share thing on on the line with the PlayStation blog where it's like vote up the things you care about and we'll just ignore everything at the top. (laughs) Okay, cool, guys. Yeah. Thank God we can customize our backgrounds now, though, on uh, PlayStation 4. I've been fucking eagerly awaiting that feature. Take a breath. It's okay. Whatever. Make a trophy Bible, somebody. We'll make it for but you. Video if you want. games are supposed to be fun. They are supposed to be fun, Colin. But they aren't. We know it is. Our sponsor, Movement Watches. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Movement Watches, pronounced movement, was founded on the belief. That style shouldn't break the bank. The Walker's Matrix's goal is to change the way consumers think about fashion by offering high-quality minimalist products at revolutionary prices. With over 1 million watches sold to customers in more than 160 countries around the world, Movement Watches has solidified itself as the world's fastest-growing watch company. Uh... Ladies and gentlemen, Movement Watches started just $95. At a department store, you're looking at 400 to 500 bucks. Movement figured out that by selling online, they were able to cut out the middleman, the retailer markup, and provide the best possible price. They have classic design, quality construction, and stylized minimalism. You see me run around here with mine, black band, black face, red hands. It's cool. I wear it with my suit, wearing it to Big Kev Dog's wedding. You see me tweet about your wedding this weekend? I'm excited. Good. Are you excited? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, over 100 million watches. No, that's right. Over 1 million watches have been sold in 160 countries for these movement watches. You can get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movementwatches.com slash XOXO. That's MVMTwatches.com slash XOXO. Now is the time to step up your watch game and get ready for Big Kev Dog's wedding. Kevin, I'm going to fucking knock you out of your wedding. Damn. As is, as is Moriarty tradition. <laughs> Somebody gets knocked out. <laughs> Someone's got to get knocked out at your wedding. 
And it's typically the groom. Mm. Could be the bride. You 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 lay a hand on Paula Bear. I'm about to say I'm gonna do it. Oh. I would never lay a hand on a woman. But you might do it for me. I have I have no scruples. I know you don't. Call us check on the readers. As always, Hello, readers. thank you, Jericho, for compiling the questions over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, the cues for questions. That's where folks can... Let's start with this softball for you, Colin Moriarty. This one's Throw right up Throw me the alley. meatball right down this the plate. Is, well, this is right up your alley. Like a broken Tim Wakefield N- knuckleballer. No one loves PlayStation trivia more than Colin Moriarty. And we have a best friend in need. Last time, Lord 21 says, Hello, Colin and Greg. My name is Brendan. I need your help. A project I'm working on for one of my video classes requires me to make a video podcast, and so I'm doing a game show of sorts. In it, I'll be asking people to argue points about gaming. I can't come up with a good PlayStation question, so I figured who better to go to than the PS gurus. Thank you for the help. PS, I love you guys. He'll be asking people to argue points about gaming. What's a good PlayStation question? How obscure... That's the thing. I don't want you to go super Because you know obscure. that I go obscure. I know you go obscure. I imagine this class is full of normies. You got Judy over here. She dreams of owning a bakery. You got this guy over here. He wants to play ML ball, but he's just going to end up working at a fucking gas station. These are just normal people. I'm assuming we're assuming high school How level. does normal people know anything about PlayStation? I don't know. That's why I thought it was a really weird question to come the at. The question us. that came to mind. Here we go. Is so obscure. Here we go. That Judy the baker is never going to know. Right. The, the answer to the question. What was Guerrilla Games' first game, the only non-kill zone game it's ever made? Before Horizon. Before Horizon. Mm. The answer, of course, is Shell Shock Nam 67. Now, of course. Will Judy know that? No. Does Judy know her Guerrilla Games history? The answer is probably not. I think Judy, Judy knows. <laughs> Guerrilla Games. So is. I don't. I mean, like you're asking for a PlayStation trivia. I don't know what what well, year. It, it, what year did PlayStation One come out? 1994. Yeah, let's, okay, let's, good. In a, he'll be asking people to argue points about gaming. I don't even know what the hell that means. What is that supposed to what mean? What the hell is that supposed to mean? I remember when we used to do First Friday at IGN, and I had like some fucking softball ask. These people are apparently big game fans. Don't ever ask them any questions about them because they can't answer any for free merchandise and games, though, Greg. Remember when they, well, you, we did the tester interviews. I was just thinking about that. We did the tester interviews. Everybody who got eliminated, we brought on, and you, you'd always ask, what's your favorite first party? People would fuck it up every time. Every time. Insomniac? Every oh, Jesus, time. Get the hell out like, of here. That's not even... People just making things up. I'm a, I'm a big PlayStation fan. I love Kratos. You don't know shit. The fuck off my podcast. Jesus Christ. Speaking of Kratos, Greg Way, check Aleko. I assume, wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, Hello, Colin and Greg, first timer here. I love your weekly content and it makes my long commute to work a billion times better. So to the question, just wondering why there isn't much of a backlash for the new God of War game. From what we saw in the E3 trailer, this God of War is drastically different from the previous God of War games and from a general pattern, gamers slash fans hate it. I'm sorry. And from, and from a general pattern, gamers slash fans hate it when you drastically change a well-established franchise, like the gameplay of Final Fantasy XV. It almost feels like a copy of what The Last of Us was, but instead with different lore and a combat system. This new God of War feels like a game where if Naughty Dog were to take over the IP and make the game, e.g. old beard dude taking care of kid with focus on story and cinematic atmosphere. But I, didn't, I, but I do have to admit this may be a good entry for newcomers who never played the God of War series. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And thank you guys for your hard work. He makes an interesting point mm-hmm. in the fact that... Final yeah, Fantasy disease. 
You're you're right that people really haven't been up in arms that I've seen about the God, new God of War. So it's great. It looks awesome. I think is the big part of it because it's. I mean, to me, I don't agree that it's really that different than other God of War games. Um, I've played them all in some capacity, um, and uh, beaten two of them, and uh, the gameplay seems identical actually in in, in lots of ways. It is the it is. Uh, the Tomb Raiderization of God of War. That's that is the big. It. That is the big. That is the big difference. In other words, these walled off, segmented parts of, that are o- semi open worlds. Can think about when you played uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, or the, the Soviet camp, or something like that. That was a massive map with lots of things to find, but it was just closed off space until you went to the next part. And I think that that's what God of War is doing. I think the bigger problem in first party right now, and it's not. It's a good problem to have in a way, is um, the emphasis on dystopias. Mm. Um, I think that that's going to run headlong into something bad for them if they keep going down this road. And by that, I mean Horizon's dystopian. Uh, um, Days Gone. Days Gone is dystopian. The Last of Us is dystopian. Detroit, in its own way, is dystopian. And so, like, God of War, to me, actually, when I look at God of War and I look at Spider-Man specifically, I see a little bit of uh, narrative promise in the sense that these games are actually the only ones that are different mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the dark narrative of and the 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 post-apocalyptic nature of the other games sure um so i wouldn't be so people aren't concerned about god of war because it fucking looks great and i also think tonally it just is different than the rest of sony's slate and i think that that's a powerful kind of thing of course you're gonna have knack 2 and whatever that's gonna make you know that's gonna change things up a little bit and neo and all which is not really first party but i think a part of it too is the fact that if you grew up on god of war and you loved the god of war games you've grown up and i don't mean that as an insult to anybody but you had those games. You've played those games. You've run around and seen Kratos scream and yell and swing his blades. And like like you said, this is the Tomb Raiderization. I think the action's there. The gameplay's there. You watch the gameplay demo from E3. It's not as fast and as arcadey and as crazy and combo, combo, combo of God of War of the Past. But it's there. You can see that DNA there of what it's going to be. And I think seeing that character evolve and change is what we've been asking for forever. So I think that's what a lot of people want, too, even if they didn't know. Well, I agree with you in the sense that the you know the two there's two things about this. The, the major problem with God of War was its lack of character character and lack of story and i don't mean characters i mean it's had no character like it had no it had no i'm kratos i'm angry i'm a terrible yeah, it's just up. it has no but it has no it had no feeling like what like what is god of war like when you really ask someone like what is god of war it, 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 you you'd say like well it's a third person action game mm. i'm like okay but like when you ask what the last of us is no one's gonna say it's a third person shooter they're gonna say something about its narrative and its power in that sense and that's what makes games powerful that's why the last of us matters way more than the god of war series matters because or Uncharted for that instance, you know? Um, and so I think that they took an honest assessment of what is wrong with God of War and what is right about God of War. And the, what is right about God of War is the way it plays and what's wrong and the way it looks. And what's wrong with it is the, the is Kratos sucks and it's a terrible character. And there's no reason in a narrative-rich environment like video games in 2017, 2018, 2019 to play a game in which you don't resonate with the character. This isn't, you know, let's remember the original God of War came out in, what, 2005? So it's 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 not it's not been a you know it's it, it is a different time and a different place when that game came out and they have to evolve it and they tried to evolve it with Ascension and it didn't work very well they evolved it in a gameplay way um, forcing multiplayer that was the whole zeitgeist at the time and no one wants that yeah the cool thing about this I think is that this is a this the second part of the component that I want to talk about is this the, the God of War's style represents a rubber banding of what we've talked about in the past which is that open worlds are just just too many of them and they're becoming boring now if you do an open world really well as you know games right now are doing 
uh, to an extent, then that's fine. But for all the great open worlds, they're a boring open world. Sure. What they were saying was that we have a siloed off kind of system to show you only what's most interesting. The space between point A and point B isn't interesting. What's interesting is space A and space B. Sure. So we're just going to make those the two spaces you explore. And there's some sort of nonlinearity and some collectibles and some narrative to that that makes it that makes it matter so it's funny he says that because i think that he's in a significant minority i think god of war is the game out of all the games we've seen out of playstation first party that are coming up still um that show the most promise because it is different and uh it doesn't mean you know i want to do a column was right episode about final fantasy disease and the idea that you know that you shouldn't change games and when it's good and when it's not and i think that's all going to be in the eye of the holder which is why it's gonna be hard to write and why i might never do it but I think God of War's changes are showing a lot of promise, and I bet you this God of War game is going to be very big indeed. Because I think of the, so too. Because of its changes. Well, I mean, the big thing about it too is I think you know why why are they doing this and why are nobody freaking out about it is the fact that what you described when you were talking about the original God of War of this uh, third person action game, right? And you, I can see Kratos, and I see him spinning around, I see him throwing his blades, I see the combos racking up. To me, that speaks to where it would fit in the industry, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, I, you're talking about best-selling games, you're talking about games are going to move millions of units, you're going to do all these crazy things. Those are your Last of Us. Those are your Uncharted. Those are the games we've gone through. That is Mass Effect, you know, from getting off of, you know, exclusives. Whereas I think an action-y, arcade we're doing this. Great, that's a cool $40 game nowadays. That's a cool game that's being released by a third party, similar to, like, a Neo that, oh, my God, is, or no, well, not anymore. That's actually a terrible example. But you know what I mean? A game on that scale of, like, oh, shit, we didn't print enough copies because we didn't think this was going to do as well. We thought we had lowered expectations for where this game would place. Whereas I think gamers right now, for their big budget titles, they want something big budget. They want something that went into it, and it wasn't just Kratos screaming. It's something that they thought through on every level. There is more character development with Kratos in 10 minutes of that demo than there were in four God of War games. Yeah. Period. And how that can be considered a bad thing is is anyone's guess because the core gameplay is still there. I, I care about God of War for the first time now yeah. in a long time since since PS2 really. I cared about God of War for a while but you know it's I think it's a positive step in the right direction. I think that the problems in the, in the portfolio have way more to do with this dystopian fucking obsession than anything else that I think is going to backfire, especially because the marquee game amongst those is the most important game they have, which is The Last of Us 2. And you would think that that's why I'm so interested about the green lighting of Days Gone and the green lighting of Horizon and the green lighting mm. of Detroit, to in a sense, done over sporadically over years. Sure. I mean, Horizon, by all accounts, was greenlit maybe in 2011. So it's not like they had any fucking idea that The Last of Us was going to be big, but The Last of Us was in development at that time. The bigger question to me is, is The Last of Us Hits does really well, is, is arguably the best PlayStation exclusive of all time. And then you have a game like Days Gone, which I'm very excited about, but is going to certainly draw comparisons 100%. to the game since it is a dystopian zombie driven game. You yeah. know, I know they're not. Zombies, See, my but. thing about it is, you know, have, have, having spent that four hours with Horizon, right? And seeing the opening of the game, then getting jumped ahead and just playing around and stuff. To me... It never, and this is a weird thing to say, I guess, based on what we know of the game, is that it never felt like a dystopian. In the way of The Last of Us is constantly Ellie being like, man, what would this have been like? And kids didn't have problems and blah, blah. And Aloy in this game is just like, oh, cool, this is where the old ones lived. Whatever. Like, they're so many generations removed that it is sunny and nice, and she has a nice life for, you know, parts of it. And obviously, there's turmoil and trouble in the game. But it's not like her picking up a fucking cell phone and be like, what, 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 this would have been amazing. What does it do? You know what I mean? Like, she's like, oh, yeah. I'm totally happy hunting. I don't know what the fuck these people are doing. I don't care. Yeah. The, the, the well, I won't talk about the game. Uh, so yeah, I don't know that I have much more input on it. Okay. I, I think the biggest, the biggest thing to watch in first party based on the games we have right, that we know right now 
is I think there are multiple things. The first one is, and I'd be super interested in this, is will we ever learn more about how that Spider-Man deal was made? It's mm. a big question I have. I don't know how the fuck they swung that. And uh, I don't know how that happened, but it's a great get for Sony. And that's going to be a huge game. The second thing is uh, watch date, watch days gone and how that can affect the resonance of the last of us. If the last of us is launched anytime near it, which is why I really do believe that days gone, you'll see days gone within the next calendar year from right now. And uh, why I think that the last of us 2019 you got to separate those games. There's no way the last they knew that the last of us was going to be was going to get a sequel. Days Gone being so similar to it means that the only answer is that they're separated from each other. If you read if you read into it enough, you you have to assume that Days Gone is actually probably the next game on the docket after Gran Turismo. So we'll see. We should hope. I mean, I think Days Gone has seriously got a boulder to push up a hill here, and I don't know if it'll end up well for them. It depends on how good the game is, but it also depends on how much they market it. Ben has no resonance outside of again i'm using that word a lot but no resonance outside of uh outside of us outside of the the hardcore playstation ecosystem it's about when they launch the game and it's about how they push it and i think that days gone coming out um in february of 2018 or in september of 2017 or something like that october these are good times halloween Get it away from. I would say get it out of there. Get it out I of. I know because you're getting into the. Yeah, you're getting into real. It's the, the real games. Get in that that that, that that Metal Gear Solid Five place, or yeah. get it in that Dying Light place. But don't get it in that Call of Duty place. Sure. Um, especially with Activision's fucking huge chip on their shoulder now this year with Activision with uh, with Call of Duty and with with uh, Destiny. You just want to give it space. I think the game is going to do fine. My my question then remains like does 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 Ben survive? But that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. Thing. A whole nother ball of wax. Mm-hmm. Colin, can you believe we skip trophy time? We did I, know, topic, I noticed that, but we I did maybe... topic of the show about trophies, and that's, that totally threw me off there. Uh, what do you got for me on trophies? There are just two games worth noting. Okay. Uh, for Honors, trophies are up, and so is Deformers, which is the ah. new uh, Ready at Dawn game um, that's being published by GameStop. Uh, so for Honor, uh, 46 bronze, 6 silver, 2 gold, and a platinum. Uh, lots of trophies uh, for the multiplayer, obviously, and few trophies for the single-player campaign. You get uh, bronzes for beating the knight chapter, the viking chapter, and the samurai chapter. Uh, also, uh, uh, trophies attached to doing things in story mode, such as 100% all the breakables, all the observables, which I, so I guess these are the collectibles, um, beating it on various difficulty levels, and then leveling up your character to certain levels within the confines of the campaign. But the, the major uh, thing here is all multiplayer trophies and your reputation as an online player. Um, and you're going to have your hands full with this list. Mm-hmm. So good luck with that. Deformers, on the other hand, which is an interesting game that I assume will sell almost no copies at all, but uh, we played it at GameStop Expo, and, and I obviously like the Ready at Dawn guys, and I know they're doing experimenting, and they have nothing to lose with this game. I'm sure it's pay, fully paid for already. Because um, this is Game Trust, right? Yeah, it's Game Trust game. The GameStop um, one. Yep. Uh, set for release uh, in the coming couple months, I think. Uh, interesting trophy list. Four bronze, 12 silver, seven gold. And a platinum. So actually similar truncated list to the order, I think. Um, so uh, completing online matches, completing a match in split screen will get you a silver trophy. So that's interesting. So you're going to have to have someone to play with or trick your system as we've done many times. Oh, yeah. Uh, different leveling and prestige ranks and then different uh, goals for killing. Um, it seems like this won't be too difficult to get if you're willing to play. The big question is going to be if this is going to have a community to play with at all. Mm. Um, I still don't understand what Game Trust is doing with these games, but... Um, 
they're trying, and that's you know, and and for more on GameStop, by the way, you can watch last week's count was right. It was really a very nice, uplifting episode about GameStop. Lucy Dream wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can with this week's this trophy can go fuck itself. Game Mortal Kombat MK9. Trophy My Kung Fu is stronger. Description gain mastery of all fighters. When Mortal Kombat was released in 2011 for PS3, I bought it day one and played the hell out of it, earning 68% of the trophies naturally before deciding to attempt the platinum. After doing a bit of research, my trophy hunt came to a grinding halt when I realized that was what was required for this fucking absurd shit trophy. To f- preface, gaining mastery of a fighter requires the following. 100 wins, 100 fatalities, 150 x-ray moves, 10,000 liters of blood spilled, 24 hours of play. And that's, and that's for one fighter, parentheses, which nets you a silver trophy. There are 28 fighters in the game, so you're, taking, you're talking a minimum of 672 hours here for a fucking gold trophy. Who is responsible for this? I tweeted Ed Boone demanding an answer and have gotten nothing. Just another reason to get you two gents into the trophy consulting business, XOXO, Scott. That's absurd. Some of these trophies, man, the worst is the bronze trophies that are like tied to these incredible feet. The, the, the rise of the Tomb Raider trophy list is like, Jesus Christ. God, there's God so almighty. many things in there. I like le- the less is more trophies where it's like golds to do hard things, silver to do medium things, a few bronzes in there sprinkled in to do some of the easier stuff. Um, the game where you know that we can't talk about right now is is uh, I'll be interested to talk about those trophies with you mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here, Atavis Esquire, Atavis Esquire, Esquire. Says hello guys. Loved episode 169, which was the one we were talking about, like sex and gaming. What's the big deal? But I think you may have missed the boat, or should I say, the little man in the boat, with regards to sex in Watch Dogs 2. While I agree that sex and nudity are often unnecessary and can detract from the narrative flow and tone of a game, I think a lot of games need more sex, not less. More specifically, they need more sex in the context of romantic relationships. Watch Dogs 2 was fun, and I f- Watch Dogs 2 was fun, but I felt no connection to the characters, and I think a romantic subplot could have helped significantly. Consider how insane it is that Marcus, a young, single man, meets a cute girl hacker five minutes into the game, then wakes up after a one-night stand two minutes later, and declines to pursue a relationship with either girl. While that may seem... While that may seem pretty unrealistic to me, the real problem is that it passes up a golden opportunity to deepen the relationships between the characters. I might be able to forgive the game if it was aimed at younger boys, who I presume still think girls have cooties, or just didn't want to deal with sex and relationship issues. But the game also features random vaginas, a one-night stand, a whole quest revolving around a webcam girl, and a special button to to catcall slash flirt with anyone on the street, often with rather suggestive and unrealistic outcomes. I wouldn't suggest that sex or romance is required to tell a good story, but there's a reason most boot movies, books, shows have romantic subplots. They offer great insight into character. Consider examples of games that have done this well, like Batman, as you noted, Uncharted, no on-screen sex, but plenty of romance, and Mass Effect. Seriously, the only reason I'm taking my spaceship halfway across the galaxy to do Miranda side quest is I think my shepherd might have a chance with her. As games develop more serious na- na- narratives... Love Miranda. Who doesn't? As games might develop, as develop more serious natives, narratives, would you agree that developers should put more emphasis on romantic relationships rather than shy away from them? Thanks for your work, Phil. Then he says, P.S. I've read the dev's explanation about Watch Dogs. Quote, we avoided having any romantic links for Sitara, who's the girl hacker in the group, because we didn't want the only main female character in DeadSec having to justify her presence by having a romantic link with someone else. End Makes quote. sense to me. But there's an easier, and this is the, the reader again, Phil, but there's an re- easier and better solution to this concern. Add another female character to DeadSec. 
I don't agree at all with you, Phil. I loved Watch Dogs, and I understand not connecting with the characters and all those different things, but we're, aren't we just playing into everybody needs to be partnered up at all times? I thought for who DeadSec were as a group and who Marcus was as a character, and no point would I would I sit there and... It, for me, it's it's actually it, a good parallel to that is Nico and GTA, where Nico's killing all these people, being all these horrible, he just got there, but then I'm taking this girl out on a date left and right, and I'm doing all these things, and I'm trying to charm her up, and I'm like... I'm a despicable person. Why would anyone want to hang out with me? Now, Marcus, I don't feel as that way, but Marcus to me, as I've said many times about how if you don't live in the Bay Area, you might not understand how fucking on the nose that game is. Marcus is just like so many of us in the Bay Area of it's fucking Neverland. Like he's running around and yeah, he cares about watching that trailer with his friend in in their restaurant. He cares about going to Burning Man. He cares about getting some drinks. He cares about hacking. He cares about newest clothes, newest threads and stuff. He's not looking for a relationship. He doesn't, there's no reason to pursue that romantic relationship. So yeah, having the one night stand in the very beginning, like the opening credits and then having him bounce out and not make a big deal about it, I thought was refreshing in the way of like, oh, this isn't that. It's not going to be shoved on your throat. That's not what this game is. It's not going to go to that trope. Do, do you need more romance in relationships, Tom Moriarty? <laughs> I don't like talking about my romance in video games. You keep my romance out of my video games. Keep your politics and your sex out of my video games. So don't get me wrong. I think that, you know, as we said on the episode 169, sex and relationships and romance have a place in games, but I don't think they need to be in every game. I think no. it's interesting that you say that, like, you know, you, you couldn't connect with them, and that's one of the reasons why, or that you think thought that would have helped you. I understand wanting those things. I understand playing those things and seeing that in games, but it's not necessarily a point for me when I play a game that, man, I really need to romance somebody, man, I really need to get invested in a relationship with somebody to make it happen. Gotta get my hands on that woman, that digital woman. This man don't feel like a man because he ain't fucking nobody. Just look at it this way. Things that need, like, the bare essentials are what are, are what should be in any video game. If, if, if you can't make a, a narrative or gameplay point, then it shouldn't be there, period. Yeah. And I like and I like the thought. I like this uh, developer's response. I wish you would. Uh, no offense, Phil. I wish you would have cited it so I knew where it came from. But it, that's a really that's good, a great response. I mean, that's that a great point. Your question yeah, exactly. And so I, and, and but I then respect he, that answer. And then for the answer, of you let's put another girl in there that I can romance. That seems weird too, because then that woman's only part, part, reason to be in the group is to get fucked around with. And I don't get me wrong. I don't think the people in DeadSec were super well fleshed out, right? Except for face mask guy whose name I forget and the one really weird kid. But it just wasn't needed. I don't think I don't think the game needed it. I, I disagree with you on that one. Colin, yes. Do you have any interest in Hasbro and Heroes? No. Cool. Then I'll, I won't ask you that question. Mm. 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 Let's call know. it. Yeah. I have a spirited rant if you want it. I like a spirited rant every once in a while. Right, so that's cool. why I made my whole career on spirited rants. <clears throat> Tax-free ponies wrote in and says, Colin and Greg, greetings from Cincinnati. Birthplace of Steven Spielberg and Cat Williams. I just got Borderlands, the handsome collection, booted it up, and realized that I could port my PS3 saves over to my PS4. I was overjoyed, as I'd put many hours into Borderlands 2 and loved it. So out comes the PS3, dusted off, booted up, sitting through 30 minutes updates. All I have to use is my PS4 for my PS3, as I lost my previous PS3 charging key. Now he's talking about his controllers, I believe. All I have to use is my PS4 controller for my PS3, as I lost my previous PS3 charging cable. When sitting at the download screen for the game update slash installs with the PS4 controller, it kept randomly stopping. I came to realize that if the controller fully charges while connecting to the PS3 by cable, it turns off. And then, you're stuck at a download screen. You can't exit the PS3 home screen. PS4 controllers can't do that. You can't turn it off without wagering a corrupted data issue. Let me repeat this. 
clears his throat, gets into Colin angry politics voice. The download freezes if your controller is not connected. But then, on top of that, you have to sit there and babysit the connection just like the Secret Service when George W. Bush is eating pretzels. Wasting my goddamn time clears his throat back to normal. So here we go. Sitting with my PS4 controller in my lap for one and a half hours, watching the download bar every few minutes. Unplugging and plugging it back into the PS4 controller for the PS3 download bar to start again. And even aside from that, not being able to go to the home screen, even with the touchpad. Come on! Shouldn't backwards compatibility for these things with the PS4 controllers to the PS3 been resolved years ago? And Shuhei, please let us change our PSN names. All the best. And thanks to Greg for saying that Twitch Prime is free with Amazon Prime. Subscribers on the morning show the other day. I had no idea. That is an issue. That is a spirited rant. I understand where you're coming from in that one. You didn't have... I I think about all the fucking USB cables we have in our house. You have any way else to charge a PS3 controller to get this thing up and running? I haven't even plugged my PS3 in in God knows how long. Tales of Exilia 2 was the last PS3 game I played. That was uh, fall 2014. Rest in peace. R.I.P. She's gone to a better place. My closet. Colin? Yeah. You ready to meet your best friend? Yes. This time, PS I love you. PS I love this best friend, XOXO, comes from Golden Boy 1910. If you're unfamiliar with the segment, this is where we read a PSN name. You friend request this person so you can play games with them and you send them messages of support and love. Golden Boy 1910 writes in and says, Hey there, Colin and Greg. And the best friends. Hearing Greg talk about the division a few episodes got me wanting the pl- wanting to platinum it myself. So all I have left is the killing twenty fucking rogue agents. Simple enough. If I had a goddamn friend playing this game, everyone I have met is unwilling to let me kill them twenty times for this dumbass trophy. So I was hoping I could get a shout out for someone looking for a platinum or just trophy hunting in general. PSN is Golden Boy nineteen ten. All one word. Numerals at the end, obviously. Thanks, guys, for everything that you do, and thank you, other best friends. Golden Boy nineteen ten. Golden Boy 1910, I'll tell you right now, I'll do this with you. But one of the best friends did it for me. I'll come out there and do it for you. Now, I will tell you, of course, I'm extremely busy, so who knows when I will get to it. So if one of the other best friends beats me to it, awesome. Congratulations, Mostov. But otherwise, I'll help you. You're here about this week's forgotten PlayStation game, Colin. Yes. This week's forgotten PlayStation game comes from Stigma 2121. Here, she. No, it's Matt. He says, hello, friends. I would like to submit a nomination for this week's forgotten PlayStation game with Resident Evil 7 out in the wild. I was thinking back to all my fond memories with the series. One of my best experiences on PS2 was a game that I hardly ever hear mentioned called Resident Evil Outbreak. A PS2 exclusive released in 2004, Dunham gave it a 7.6 on IGN and it even had a crappy sequel. A few things that made this game unique. Firstly, it was primarily an online multiplayer co-op game in a time where online multiplayer on PS2 wasn't really a thing. Imagine Resident Evil 1 or 2 with four players. Some people may remember that you needed to buy special, uh, buy a special PS2 network adapter hardware or even plug it into, into, to plug into the Ethernet cable. The in-game interface was archaic, but once you slogged through the connection process, there was something truly special here. There was no voice chat or chat box options, so you were limited, simpl- you were limited to simplistic D-pad emotes to communicate with fellow players. You could choose to help or hurt other players as you fumbled through the traditional Resident Evil style levels, which had some randomized item placement. Teamwork is essential. You would establish relationships with other players without ever talking to them, and if you died, you got to come back as a zombie and try to eat their faces. Sadly, the networks have long since been taken offline, so this is lost to the ages unless you want to play with AI bots. Hopefully, some other best friends out there also had a chance to experience this gem. Love the show, Matt, from the Great White North. Did you ever play Outbreak? No. Yeah, me neither. 
I bought my network adapter for SOCOM. Of course you did. Me too. And then promptly took it back. Yeah. Got, to store. Me and Poe bought it. We were like, oh, finally, get, you don't have to come over. We play games. And we said, this is garbage. This is not fun. Do not like this one bit. Yeah, brought that back real quick. Yeah, no, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, time for PSN's worst name of the week. As you know, Shuhei Yoshida refuses to let you change your PSN name. So every week here because on the show. Because he hates you. Because he hates you. Every week here on the show, happy birthday. We come out, read a bad one, and then we beg Shuhei to let us change them. This one comes from 50 Second Games. He or she writes in and says, Hello, Greg and Colin the Taint Monster. I know you guys don't like it when we submit PSN names that aren't ours, but one that came across this weekend scarred me for life. I was just running around the beautiful landscape of Verdun and Battlefield 1 multiplayer, minding my own business, playing the objective, when out of nowhere this dude snipes me from across the map. Now, Battlefield 1 tells you at the bottom of the screen every time you die the kill-death ratio you have with the person who just killed you, and that's when I noticed it. This dude had killed me seven times already. In a storm of fury, I check out who this stupid camping son of a bitch is, and I see none other than whole lot of cum 21. Yeah, whole lot of cum 21. The rest of the match didn't end up going the way I... The, oh, sorry. The rest of the match didn't go my way as I ended up going 1-9 against him, essentially getting creamed by a whole lot of cum 21. You sure did get creamed. Please, you Let us change our names. I want my dignity back. Now, as always, I point out the fact that even though you want your dignity back, there's no... A whole lot of cum 21 might be happy with his name. He, or her name. Maybe they don't want to change it. Maybe they like creaming you from across the map, coming all over you. And that's what it's about. You know what I like, Colin? Our Blue sponsor, Apron. Blue Apron. <laughs> If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, that segment was sponsored by Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the high standards and ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. I've used Blue Apron. I made buffalo chicken sandwiches. I made a whole bunch of things. I still use their potatoes. Because what you do is you, you get, you, they send you the prepackaged ingredients, all the little baggies. They send you a little recipe worksheet. You go through, you make it all there. It's super simple. There's pictures. You can't screw it up. I've seen Trevor Starkey doing it right now. He hasn't screwed it up yet. But they, then you get to keep the worksheets. And so whenever I want fries now, I just buy a potato, cut it up, make them the way they make them. And they're really good. Um, it's affordable. For less than $10 a person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-proportioned ingredients to make simple, home-cooked, delicious meals. You can choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never get bored. And each meal comes with step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients so you can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash I love you. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash I love you. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI Love You XOXO. Spin it with me, Paige. There it is. Thank you for joining us. Remember, PSI Love You XOXO is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast, so go to kindoffunny.com, keep the mics on, like the YouTube pages, subscribe to everything. There's Patreons if you want to do that stuff. There's shirts. Kevin's got photos up all over the internet of him. You can go look at him and fucking face. That good old face over there. Remember, it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. YouTube.com slash games and podcast services around the globe where you've made it the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. And we can't thank you enough for that. Every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing to Shuhei. This is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. The M is for music. And you give me your song. I need the MP3 that I will then play at the end of our MP3. And I need a YouTube link that I will then annotate 
two at the end of our YouTube. This one comes from Nivik. N-I-V-K. Nivik. You can't put an N and a V next to each other. N-I-V-K. Nivik. Oh, N-I-V. N-I-V-K. Oh, okay. I think it was, Nivik. it was like some sort of weird Russian thing. Could be. Who knows? How I feel about that. Nivik says, hey, Greg and Colin, longtime listener from Melbourne, Australia here. I play guitar in the band Damn the Maps, and this is our new song, The Answer. We made the video using a homemade green, green screen in our garage, and it looks amazing. It's a throwback to some old games we love and looks like a 90s game. The song is totally rad, so please enjoy. Nick. But it's, it doesn't spell with a V there. Interesting. We have two studio albums, which you can get from damnthemaps.bandcamp.com. Our Facebook is Damn, Damn the Maps. YouTube is Damn the Maps. It's all there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Damn the Maps. And until next time, it's been a pleasure. Say yeah.